I'm Mr. Marvel, and it's my job to catch you up on all the things going on in the MCU. So settle in, and let's not waste another minute. Welcome to episode 11. Today, we will be breaking down Disney Plus's Moon Knight, episode 6, Gods and Monsters. But before we do, I must warn you that this will be full of spoilers. It's really hard to believe that this was the season finale. It's been an incredible six weeks bringing you these breakdowns and coming up with our fun spoilers without context posts on Instagram. I greatly appreciate all of our followers and listeners. If you are enjoying this episode and maybe our previous ones, please leave us a rating on your preferred streaming platform and share us with your friends and family. All right, let's get to this breakdown. Just as expected, we start this episode with the followers of Amit fishing Mark's dead body out of the water as Arthur is giving the now deceased Mark Spector his condolences as he places the scarab on his chest because he really has no need for it anymore. I mean, he found the Ashakti of Amit and yeah, has no more use for it. Now, this whole time, Layla has been hiding behind a pillar and even kills a guy, yet no one thinks of looking for her. Either way, Arthur and his followers leave, but not before he turns his staff into a kind of knockoff stormbreaker. This does give Layla an opportunity to shed a tear for Mark, and she gets her hands on the scarab just in time as Mark's body slides back into the water. I am a little on the fence about this. I mean, her husband was just shot and killed, and all she did was shed a tear. Not to mention her interest and feelings for Stephen. I know that they needed to stop Arthur, but with the scarab, she could easily track him down. It would have taken her a matter of minutes to just pull Mark's body out of the water, say her goodbyes to the both of them, and then go track down Arthur. Just my thought on this situation, but at the end of the day, she did Mark and Stephen dirty. As Arthur and his followers run into a little roadblock, but with the help of his new and improved walking cane, he just had to hit it on the ground, and a little of that Marvel purple dark magic judge their souls in an instant. Ironically, Layla hitched a ride and is ready to kill Arthur. However, Towerette has taken over one of the dead bodies to speak to Layla, giving her the message from Mark that she must now break Khonshu's Ashanti in the chamber of the gods to bring Mark back to life, even giving Layla the offer to be her avatar. Hmm, that definitely sounds like some foreshadowing right there. Taking us back to the Pyramid of Giza, the Inyad now feel the disturbance as they are aware that someone is trying to release Amit. Of course, as soon as they say his name, Arthur and his followers break into the Chamber of the Gods, leading Arthur to kill the Inyad with his new upgraded staff. I mean, man, this thing is crazy powerful now. But during the commotion, Layla was able to sneak into the side chamber to search for Khonshu. 
Arthur finally releases Amit. And I've got to say, wow, the CG here is so amazing because this has to be a 20 foot alligator goddess that actually looks fairly realistic. It was interesting how Amit had already judged Arthur, stating that his scales lack balance. Now, he does agree to this and lets her know that she has plenty of followers who are worthy of being the Avatar. Yet, Amit delays his death so he can serve her. Now, on the other side of this pyramid, which can't be more than maybe 10 yards, Layla has released Kanchu from his stone imprisonment. With Kanchu released and not sensing Mark's presence, he wants to enlist Layla as his avatar, even so much as appealing to her by calling Layla Little Bug, as her father called her Little Scarab. Knowing that Kanchu turned Mark's life into a living nightmare, Layla declines this invitation to become his avatar and insists that she will take her chances going into this battle alone. This really got me thinking because back in episode two, Mark was pretty convincing that once his deal was up with Kanchu, the next avatar would be Layla. Right now, I was definitely wondering why Kanchu gave up so quick. I mean, who else would or could be the next avatar? Well, I mean, you already know right? While all of this has been going on, Mark has been hanging out in the field of reeds with his scales now balanced and his heart full, having the peace he has always wanted yet never had. But he still wants to go back for Stephen, and that's exactly what he does. This scene is almost identical to the comics when Mark comes face to face with Stephen and Jake in the desert, asking them to stay because he does not want to be alone. With a little Disney frozen magic, Mark turns to stone just as he puts the heart in Steven's hand. Within seconds, they both turn back into people and the gates of Osiris open. Just as soon as they make it through these gates, Mark wakes up in the water with Conchu saying do you want death or do you want life do you swear to protect the travelers of the night rise and live again giving us the resurrection of moon knight and an awesome suit up cg scene Kanchu fills Mark in as to what's been going on, yet Mr. Knight takes over for a little renegotiation to these terms. Both parties agree, and now Kanchu, I don't know, weirdly flies Moon Knight into the night sky, and he is now headed to the Pyramid of Giza. As Moon Knight is flying towards the battle, Layla has yet another encounter with ta Waret. We do get the reinvention of a Marvel comic superhero here, as Layla agrees to become ta Waret's avatar, transforming into who we can only hope is the Scarlet Scarab. With a quick glimpse of her fabulous costume, 
you can clearly see the scarab insignia on her chest. With wings and swords, I feel like we had some foreshadowing once again. When Layla picked up the scarab off Mark's dead body and it flew off her hand for just a quick moment, I now know why she left with Arthur's followers. This was a sign to us viewers that something big was about to happen. Since the release of Amit, Arthur's powers of judging people have now been granted to his followers, and they are also magically on the streets of Cairo now. Either way, they start judging everyone and sending these unbalanced souls directly into the mouth of Amit. With the ingestion of all these new souls, Amit grows to be taller than the pyramids, giving me some serious Power Ranger villain vibes. All we need is a Megazord, but instead we get a supersized Kanchu who is ready to battle Amit. Now, why couldn't he do this in an earlier episode against Arthur and all his Amit cult? As the battle intensifies between these two mega gods, Arthur and Moon Knight and Mr. Knight have a little battle of their own. Just when we think it's coming to an end, Layla, or better yet, the Scarlet Scarab, saves the day, giving us our most action-packed fight scene this season. Now, Marvel is claiming that this is our first Egyptian superhero. However, I beg to differ, as Storm would have been our first. Maybe this is our first fighting alongside Oscar Isaac, as Storm technically fought against him at the end of X-Men Apocalypse. But nevertheless, we get to the point where the villain is winning with no hope of a victory in sight. Even Amit is defeating Kanchu. Well, up until we get flashes, just like we had back in episode one, when we had Steven losing control of the body with no explanation and dead bodies laying all around him. Well, it happens again right here. Mark blacks out and comes back to as he is now holding the bootlegged Stormbreaker to Arthur's head with dead bodies laying all around him. Mark even asked Stephen if that was him, and Stephen says no. Now, Layla witnessed the entire scene, even asking, what the hell was that? With Arthur defeated, Mark and Layla bring him back to the Temple of the Gods to perform a spell that will trap Amit inside of Arthur. Now, Kanchu wants Mark to kill him. However, Layla says, he has a choice, making me think of that famous speech in Deadpool from Colossus. Be a hero. Ah. Everyone thinks it's a full-time job. Wake up a hero, brush your teeth a hero, go to work a hero. Not true. Over a lifetime, there are only four or five moments that really matter. Moments when you're offered a choice. To make a sacrifice, conquer a flaw, save a friend, spare an enemy. In these moments, 
the way, the way the world sees us, the way we... Well, unlike Deadpool, Mark lets Arthur live, and Kanchu lets Mark free. Now, this cannot be the end of Moon Knight, as Mark wakes up in Stephen's bed, just as we saw back in episode one, even locked up to the bed, leading us right into the credits, where, as I stated back in episode eight of Mr. Marvel's Minutes, where we broke down episode three of Moon Knight. I had just caught on to the moon that kept popping up at the end of each episode, and I said we were on track to have a full moon by the end of episode six. Well, there you have it. One full moon. Thank you, Marvel Studios, for not making me look bad. And cue the end credit scene. Why must they wait for the finale to give this to us. We are back in what looks like a mental institution and someone has come to check Arthur out of it. As this mystery character is rolling Arthur away in his wheelchair, he sees a few dead bodies. By the look of this all black outfit, I start to think this could be Blade and I'm getting super excited here. Wait, did you catch the QR code right before the first dead body? If you have the patience, I applaud you because it took me about 10 minutes of rewinding and pausing until I got it just right. But if you didn't, it will take you over to another free Marvel comic just like they all have, except this is going to be Moon Knight Annual Number 1 Acts of Evil from 2019, where Mark fights Kang the Conqueror through reality and time. I'm thinking this could be a hint to Moon Knight's appearance in the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. But we will just have to wait and see what happens on February 17th, 2023. Getting back to this end credit scene breakdown, just as our mystery man puts Arthur into this amazing limo, did you catch the sign on the building? It was labeled Shinkavich Psychiatric Hospital, giving us a great Easter egg to Bill Shinkavich, who is an accomplished comic book artist for Marvel and worked on Moon Knight in the 80s. We now get a great comic accurate depiction of Kanchu in his suit, having a chat with Arthur only to introduce him to his new avatar. That's right, Jake Lockley, who rolls down the divider only to put two bullets into Arthur's chest, ending any chance of Amit's return. As the Rolls-Royce limo pulls away from the hospital, we see the license plate on the front that reads SPKTR, which again is a nod to the comics of Mark Spector, the Playboy billionaire. Now, could Jake Lockley be the Playboy billionaire in this TV series? Either way, 
All I can say is wow. That was a crazy ending, but at 40 minutes, I am left wanting so much more with no confirmation of a second season or even the return of Moon Knight anytime soon, I am incredibly let down here. I mean, I was really hoping that we would get an introduction to maybe Gore or Black Knight or even Blade in this series, and that did not happen. But like I always say, Marvel does everything with certain intentions. So please don't let me down, Marvel. Well, this leads us to the end of our breakdown on Disney Plus's Moon Knight, Episode 6, The Season Finale. Let's talk about last week's Instagram games. As we did our This or That and Friday Favorites, What If Editions. Starting off with our Tuesday This or That game, we paired up some of our favorite What If zombies against one another. Let's see what the outcome was. Zombie Strange versus Zombie Wanda. Now, this was a tie, and I kind of expected that just with the new movie coming out last week. Zombie Captain America versus Zombie Iron Man. Yet again, another tie. Now, this was unexpected, as I definitely would have thought Zombie Iron Man would have won, as that's who I voted for. Zombie Wong versus Zombie Wasp. And the Wasp won. And our last one, we paired up Zombie Hawkeye versus Zombie Thanos. Now, as much as I wanted Hawkeye to win, he only had two votes, giving the victory to Zombie Thanos. Next up, we had our Friday favorites. And keeping up with the what if theme, we paired up some of the MCU's mightiest variants to go head to head. Let's see what the results were. Loki, the ice giant versus Party Thor. And Party Thor takes the win. Captain Carter versus the Hydra Stomper. Now, I was very surprised that we only had one vote for the Hydra Stomper, but I'm sure, again, it's because Captain Carter has been a visual presence this past week, giving her the victory. The Common Collective Thanos versus the Ultimate Infinity Stone Bearer Ultron, and Thanos took the victory. Well, it really seems like my followers love Thanos. And for the last one, we paired up T'Challa versus Killmonger, giving the victory to the variant Star-Lord T'Challa. Thanks to everyone that played along this past week. And I hope you are ready for what's coming out this week. So make sure you are following at Mr. Marvel's Minutes on Instagram so you don't miss out on the fun. Now, with Moon Knight over and we just had the theatrical release of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, we are going to take one week off as I am in the process of scripting a most incredible movie breakdown. Now, this will be full 
of spoilers. So make sure you watch that movie before the episode comes out. And make sure you click that little bell so you get notified of its release. Speaking of Doctor Strange, I went out Thursday and Friday night to watch it with at least two or three more viewings in the next two weeks so I don't miss a single detail. Now, I must say that this movie was incredible. Sam Raimi did an amazing job making it my favorite movie this year. I was going to do a spoiler-free review, but there is literally absolutely no possible way to do this. The only thing I could think of was I'm going to say one sentence that has no context. And if you haven't seen the movie, it will blow your mind when you see it. So here we go. My one sentence spoiler without context is I'm sorry. Before I wrap up this episode, I have some big news as Mr. Marvel's Minutes has joined the Needlessly Nerdy Network. And you're probably asking yourself, what is that? Well, the Needlessly Nerdy Network is a conglomerate of podcasts and blogs that provide entertainment, news, and reviews about all things nerdy, including movies, TV, books, video games, tabletop games, cons, pulp culture, and more. So for more nerdy podcasts, head on over to needlesslynerdy.com. You can also click the links in the description for this episode. I also wanted to give a shout out to my friends over at the Earth 894 podcast for sending me some sweet stickers. These guys are incredibly awesome and I highly suggest that you give them a listen and a follow. If you are enjoying Mr. Marvel's Minutes, please take the time to leave me a rating and review on whichever platform you are using. And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family so they can join in on all the fun to make sure you click that little bell so you'll get notified first when we release a new episode. Don't forget to go out and watch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness before our next episode on May 23rd, as I will be bringing you a detailed movie breakdown that will be full of spoilers. As always, thanks for listening and make sure you are following me on all social media platforms. Just search Mr. Marvel's Minutes. Mr. Marvel's Minutes is brought to you by Crafts by Spooky Blonde, where it's spooky, but with some pixie dust. Just search Etsy for Crafts by Spooky Blonde. You can also become a Patreon to help us keep the mic on.